This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Sky Blues Extra podcast, which is kindly sponsored by Shortland Horn, Coventry's leading estate agents. My name is Tom Ward, and I'm delighted to be joined this evening by Ross. Good evening. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm not not too bad. Not too bad. Obviously, uh, yesterday's result wasn't the best, but a good oh. a good weekend overall, I'd say. Well, exactly. I mean, yeah, just stuffed myself with Easter eggs, so it was. Uh... It was a good end to the day, you know, just uh, sort of drown my sorrows in chocolate. But uh, no, it was a, it was a, it was a good weekend overall. I think it's been a good couple of weeks. The weather was shine, uh, the weather was sunny and shining. So yeah, we can't be too disappointed. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, it was a busy weekend for football. Um, the Sky Blues took on Birmingham on Good Friday and came away with four two winners in a very exciting game and a brilliant second half performance as well. Uh, but unfortunately, as we mentioned, Easter Monday wasn't as favourable and the Sky Blues fell to a 3-0 loss to Bournemouth. Um, in front of a packed-out CBS, though, which obviously was one of the positive things about yesterday. Um, as usual, we'll talk through all of the key moments and we'll also look a little bit towards the summer and perhaps where Mark Robbins will be looking to strengthen. Um, so yeah, Ross, let's go through the Birmingham game. Um, I will run through the match stats. Um, so we had 52.8% possession. We had 13 shots versus their 12. Seven shots on target versus their two. And 290 passes completed versus 269. Uh, three inceptions versus 13. 17 tackles won versus nine. And our favourite stat of all, 22 aerial duels won versus 20. Um, so I'd say it probably just about reflects the game, really. Um, we'll talk a bit about the team lineups as well. I'd say probably not a massive surprise, Ross, that we went unchanged from the team that beat Fulham. No, not really. I mean, you know, when you go away and beat the sort of champions elect of the uh, 21-22 season, you know, what what changes could we make really, you know, unless they were sort of enforced. So no, it was a, 
it was great to see the same team. Obviously, we were playing away as well. And obviously, as we've become accustomed to, we, we do quite like that sort of one up top, don't we, away from home. Um, not that we've got too many options because of obviously Godden's injury and, and Waghorn not seemingly being in that much favour. So it looked like we were going to go unchanged. And I think that was the, the right way to go. You know, stick with a winning, uh, stick with a winning team. Yeah, absolutely. And it was great to see um, Jody Jones, Fads and also Liam Kelly back in the, the matchday squad. Yes, it was. I mean, to be fair, that was the one thing that was sort of alarming against Fulham was I looked at the bench and thought, wow, <laughs> sort of thing, you know. Um, but no, that was good. That I felt better seeing, you know, some familiar faces, uh, particularly fans. I think we've missed him um, in, in previous games. And and Kelly, it's been a while. I mean, we haven't, I haven't seen him since that Millwall game, that atrocity on that, that midweek game. Um, so obviously he's been, he's had his injury problems and reoccurrence of injuries. So it's great to see him back and hopefully he can get some minutes and the same for Jody Jones. I really want to see him get given some minutes between now and the end of the season. I know we're going to talk about that later on. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was good to see a stronger bench. It, it fills you a bit more confidence that you've got a few options to try and change a few things if needs be. Yeah, definitely. And, and definitely probably a couple of players who we might have sort of written off for the season. I know fads are kind of had maybe accepted. He, he might be out for the season, but good to see him um, in, in the fold there. Um, in terms of the opening exchanges, um, I don't know what you made of it, Ross, but I felt like we were a little bit sluggish at the start and just not quite sort of at our, at our best early on, were we? No, it was um, it was it didn't follow the usual sort of uh, script of our games. We normally we, we start quite well, I think, and inevitably then go one 0 down. Uh, this time we we went behind, but we we didn't start very well at all, and it, that was a surprise, really. You'd think that we'd come out the traps you know that win against Fulham sort of reignited a bit of hope um it's West Midlands derby we've got an unbelievable away support again and Birmingham are there for the taking really they're 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 a bit of nothing you know they'd be in the bottom three if it wasn't for teams getting points deducted this season so they're a poor side and it was so it was really disappointing I was I was surprised uh to see how sluggishly we started I don't know about you Wardy yeah no I completely agree um thought yeah they're, they're definitely a poor side and I sort of expected us to come out the blocks really and, and, you know, all guns blazing, especially after a great win, you know, against Fulham. Um, but, you know, it took us, unfortunately, it took us a bit of time to get going. Um, and yeah, I completely agree with what you said, by the way, about them, you know, s- somehow escaping the bottom three. Um, I was chatting to a guy yesterday about it, how they seem to lose every week, but they seem to be well clear of it for some reason. But like they've you say, won the jackpot, haven't they? They've won the lottery. Uh, yeah. They must be counting their lucky stars Birmingham this season because... Uh, they just remind me, and I said it last week on the pod, they just remind me of what we used to be like under, under Coleman and Boothroyd and that, where we'd just finish 18th, 19th every season. And, and then inevitably, you just push it too far on the one season, you you don't evade the drop and, and you go down. And they just strike me as a team, Birmingham, who I just, I don't know, they, they, they don't excite you. Do you know what I mean? They've got the odd player where you go, yeah, they're all right. And they just like you say, they seem to lose every other week, but they, they survive. And yeah, I don't think it'll be, I think if they have a poor summer of recruitment I think they could be in trouble next year yeah I definitely agree there um, they took the lead um, it was a header from Pedersen uh, from a corner a little bit disappointing this one Ross yeah really poor um, been, we've been doing that recently haven't we from set pieces and it's uh, yeah it's disappointing it was a a poor, poor, yeah, poor goal from our point of view. Um, you'd probably better argue <laughs> both sets of fans would be able to argue that all six goals, do you know what I mean, in some way, shape, or form were poor. <laughs> yeah. But I don't, it wasn't like an exhibition game to show off great defending, wasn't it? But uh, no, yeah, it was not. really disappointing. Um, there's something about, I don't know, we're just, again, I'll, I'll touch on it when we talk about the Bournemouth game, but I just feel like defensively, we're just, 
it's becoming a bit of a bad habit. Do you know what I mean? Leaking. We've become a bit leaky again defensively. Um, yeah. Not entirely sure why that is. And yeah, obviously they took the lead and it was sort of disappointing. And you sort of just there scratching your head thinking, how have we gone? Only only us, only Coventry could go and beat seven, uh, beat Fulham 7-2 on aggregate, you know, and just beat them 3-1 on their own patch and then and then go and then suddenly find ourselves losing to Birmingham. But uh, yeah. yeah, I was sort of thinking, because I said last week, I said this was the game that worried me. And then when mm-hmm. I saw it was 1-0, I was thinking, well, yeah, this is why really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was a little bit a little bit frustrating to be behind that early on. Um, but we did respond quite well, I thought, to the to the first goal. Um, we created a few chances. Um, there's one for Hyam, there was one for Bidwell as well. He fired over the bar. And also Hamer hit the post from a from a corner. So I guess we did respond well to that early goal, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And that and that's what you want to see. And, and usually we've been quite good at that, sort of been able to wrestle back a bit of control and and, and we had a flurry of efforts. And, and that gave you hope, didn't it? You know, in terms of the game, you sort of you get a feeling like actually there's 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 chances here. The, these these aren't all that at all. And we can we can create openings and uh Heyman went for his one of his. I mean, he's been threatening to do that all season, hasn't he? Do you know what I mean? Try and score direct from a corner. So hopefully he hasn't happen. done it. I am. Uh, there's still still three games to go, so I'm hoping. So long as he avoids a yellow card. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, yeah, that was a good effort. Um, so at that point in the game, you're thinking, okay, yeah, it's just a matter of time uh, before there's another goal. Yeah, but then there was a goal at the wrong end again, Ross. <laughs> yeah, and quite a similar goal, but obviously this some from a throw, a re- really long throw, wasn't it? Um, yeah. and Gary Gary Gardner gets on the end of it and it's just almost almost a carbon copy really isn't it um, of the first one but from a throw and yeah, yeah again really disappointing just you just got you're just there watching it and I watched it back since and you're just thinking who who's taking control do you know mm. what I mean and that's the one thing I feel like we we lack when you know and we miss when Fads has been out the side where's that real sort of leadership defensively you know <coughs> who who's man you know, who's marking him um, I mean, I remember when we had Gary Gardner on loan years ago. I mean, he must be ancient now. Um, no, I suppose he's still going. But like, yeah, it was really, really cheap goal. You know, really, really cheap. And you, you were lucky that Birmingham were that bad because you, you, you can't gift teams, you know, fr- free chances like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't get those chances, do we, very often. So, um, yeah, really poor goal. And obviously they went 2-0 up. And then at that point, you're thinking this could be a, a tough afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it then became, we absolutely have to score before half-time. And if we do, then it will give us a chance. And obviously, we, we got a goal back and Chief scored. It was um, one of those where he's in the right place at the right time, wasn't it? Um, ball across from Hamer, headed across back from Rose. And, you know, it was on the plate ready for Chief. But good to see him in that, in that position, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is actually. And it was a good well, a well-worked goal. It was a good first ball over and Rose did well and he, he got, put a good header into a good position. And as you say, it's it's good to see uh, Sheaf in those positions. And I've been wanting him to score for well yeah, for a while. He hasn't obviously opened his account for us um, until this moment. So it was a great finish from him. And we've been saying it as well, haven't we? We need more goals from midfield. We can't just be relying on Godden and, and, and Jokeres really. So we've needed more goals from our central midfielders. And although he's predominantly a defensive midfielder we do need him to be popping up with goals so it was great for him it was a good finish as well um yeah. and 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 as you say one thing we have done this season is even if we have been behind a couple of goals if we get that next goal yeah. you then suddenly fancy us don't you yeah 100 percent. i remember the whole game when 
we had that goal that whether it was over or not. But I think the reason why everyone was so annoyed was that you just knew that if it if it had been, we'd a goal, got an equaliser. Yeah, yeah, we we would have gone on and we could have won three two. I wouldn't put it past us. No, I wouldn't have either. Season. No, and I, I still harboured that hope yesterday. Do you know what I mean? I, I thought yeah. if we just got one, you, you, I don't. This team doesn't know when to sort of give up really you know and one goal just suddenly ignites her so yeah it was a crucial time to get a goal wasn't it like you say you wanted to get one before half time at St Andrews and that sheath goal was uh was important yeah absolutely and and we went one step further and and got the the second got the equaliser as well which was even better um and just like London buses Ross Chief got his second just as just a few minutes after his first um but yeah again a Hamer corner um kind of similar, similar to their goal really and Chiefs got in there and, and got his second goal. But great, great to be in uh, with the equaliser before half time. Oh, massively. I mean, it changes the whole dynamic of the game, isn't it? You, you know, you, it's almost you, a reset, isn't it? Oh, I mean, you, you, you're looking at it and you're thinking, we're going to go in 2 0 down. Then you get one goal, you think, okay, that, that, you know, that gives us something to sort of, okay, just build on, maybe tweak a few things and then attacking our fans, you know, go, go for it. But then to suddenly find ourselves, you know, level pegging again it, like you say it's a reset and uh yeah it's great to see sheaf you know rise highest back post and plant a good header down and uh yeah another another good set piece from hamer so yeah huge huge uh sort of five minutes that was to get a couple of goals there yeah yeah massive and what that meant was that we could come out second half kind of all guns blazing all the momentum was with us and that was what happened really wasn't it we just really started to i thought we really took control of the game and, and started playing our football and it just looked like a completely different game, didn't it, second half? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I, as soon as, you know, we got the equaliser, I felt like, yeah, there's only going to be one winner here. Mm. You know, you could just see the life, you know, come out of, you know, drift out of the Birmingham fans and 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 players. And it just it did just feel like a matter of time. And it was just, the question was, you know, could we, would we take the chances that we'd get? We knew we were going to create chances. <laughs> you know, could we take them um, and try and get the win, which obviously, as we all know, we, we, we did. Yeah. It was a shame to see Dabo go off in the second half. Um, probably looks looks like his season might be over. He hasn't had a lot of luck, has he, with injuries the last couple of seasons? It's I don't know if it's is it starting to become a bit of a concern for you, Ross, with his injuries? Um, I think the concern for me was obviously last season, like you say, him and him and Rose particularly, they seemed to just be they could they couldn't play more than two games in a row without John you know I mean, having a reoccurrence of I think it was a, a thigh or a hip mm. injury or something. And then obviously this season he he started um, and was actually you know seemingly to be fit. I didn't think he was playing very well, um, so that was more of a concern for me at the time. But what's frustrating now is I've just felt like he was finding his form again. He was just getting back yeah. closer to his best. He he got put in that great cross for the equaliser against Blackburn. He then defended superbly against Jed Spence against Forest and again against Fulham. And you're thinking. Here he is. He's, he's he's sort of back, and if he can, can he just finish the season well and then take that into the summer? And it's just really frustrating to see uh, to see his season seemingly over now. Yeah. Um, and that's another one. Godden out for the season. You know that was a couple of weeks ago. You know it, we've we've had a certainly had our fair share of injuries, haven't we? Yeah, we have. And I don't know with Dabo, it just they always seem to come at a really bad time for him, don't they? I think we've. I just remember in the past we've had pods where we've said you know he's just getting back to form then he has an injury and a setback and same with Gordon as well yeah it's just they always it's not just the injuries it's they come at bad times as well don't they and it's just frustrating isn't it it must be well, really frustrating for the players <laughs> oh it must be incredibly frustrating for, for for all the players and for Dabo because like you say he just gets into that groove and then like now it's going to be the you know it's a bad reset button do you know what I mean he's then got to go back to square one again 
And then he's got to try and find that form. And can he start the season where he's just finished it now? We hope so uh, next yeah. season. But, you know, he or will it be the Dabo from the rest of the season where I, I, th- I think he's he's struggled at times? Um, you know, and sometimes he's been played out of position, which I don't think has been helped when he was playing like right centre-back in certain games. And and obviously he's had that competition with Todd Kane that's helped, um, which I think has you know, pushed him. Um but he was just coming back into form again these last few weeks. And I was really, really pleased with how yeah. you know, he was playing. But I mean, he got injured, didn't he, against Derby in the FA Cup? And then he was out for ages. So, I mean, he has, again, thinking about it, he has actually been injured more than I sort of thought this yeah. season. Um, yeah, and it's, I suppose it, it, it makes it hard for Robbins as well. Because like you say, going into the summer, it's like, do you sign another player in that position? Or do you sort of hope that, you know, we've got enough there or... It's one of those, isn't it? It's a balancing it, it, act, isn't it? With the, yeah. the budget as well. Like, does he go, oh, you know what? I really feel like we need another right wing back, but or but actually I really want this sort of marquee signing somewhere else. So do we just do we go with Dabo and Kane again? And I mean Eccles, he's another one. He played he was playing so well at right yeah. wing back. And then but he seems to be just injury prone as well. Um yeah. so something needs to be sorted there. I'm not sure what it is, it, but it's disappointing for for Dabo. And it like you say, it just it it must be difficult for Robbins because he feels like he can't get a settled side because every, yeah. every few weeks there's another injury to contend with. And yeah, it's frustrating, isn't it? Yeah. hundred percent. I think, yeah. Squad depth will definitely be something that we hope to see next season. And we'll probably chat a bit more about later on. Um, yeah. 71st minute. We, uh, we got ourselves into the lead. Finally, um, another Hamer corner. This time it was Rose on the end of it. Um, don't know what they've been doing in training Ross, but, we can't seem to stop scoring from corners at the moment. So something really pleasing to see, isn't it? Oh, it, yeah. It's incredibly pleasing to see. We, because... I swear we used to sing, we, we never score from a corner. And now... Oh, yeah. Week. We can't do sing that anymore, to be fair. We've d- certainly shifted that sort of stat. I swear we went seasons and I just felt like, you know, we'd get a corner and you'd sort of like clap or whatever, yeah, get, excited, get excited. And you just, <laughs> you just thought, there's no chance we're going to score. But no, we've actually, and it's all about the delivery and clearly they've worked on it and, Rose and Hyam are sort of, you know, imposing themselves a bit more. So, yeah, it was great. It was, um, yeah, a thumping header, wasn't it? Bullet header yeah. from Rose. And uh, fair play to him. He's, he's, he's got on the score sheet in recent games and I've been critical before and certainly some of his defending, but actually he's 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 imposed himself and he's, that's what the, that's the other thing. We need our centre-back, especially if you're playing three of them, to, to contribute, you know, yeah. with goals. And him and Hyam have done that this season and that's that's been great to see. And it was a great header. Yeah, great header. Yeah, and we we sealed it um, just just before added time actually not quite into into Robin's time we should probably call it um, but I, I thought Waggon was going to slot this home I kind of really wanted him to um, but eventually it fell to Cal and and he slotted it home but I have to mention the the defending from Birmingham Ross obviously watched it back as well I mean if I was a Birmingham fan I'd be I'd be absolutely livid with with that oh, <laughs> and I, I mean, can't believe how long it took us to get it in the net really it was. Static statues, wasn't it? It was just, I mean, it was very sort of end of season, you know, we're not playing for anything esque defending, wasn't it? 100%. I mean, it was really nice build up play. I thought Wagon did well in the build up and he's put through. I mean, my my first issue starts with Wagon being through. He, I think he's there. I think he can, he's there. And I'm thinking he can score and he's like backs out. Yeah. But he, he just sort of like, I don't know what he was thinking. He just sort of like, I don't know jump like just backs off and then obviously then it's yeah Vic has a shot cleared off the line and there's only <laughs> I felt sorry for him but well, not really but there was a one Birmingham defender all the others are just stood there watching you know O'Hare has to run past a Birmingham player to get into that <laughs> position to score and he the Birmingham player doesn't even bother getting back I mean 
I was buzzing for for O'Hare. It's another goal, un- iconic celebration. Um, but my, I mean, the Birmingham defending, goodness me. I mean, if that was us, I'd be absolutely livid. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see what is being said right now on a probably a, an equivalent Birmingham podcast about that defending. Probably some, uh, probably have to like bleep out a few swear words, I'd imagine. Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I yeah, I would, it would be, it'd be interesting here to hear because I mean, I mean, that was that was on that was on, um, Friday and you know on the on Monday they lost six one so goodness me yeah. I mean no wonder defending like that yeah no exactly um, and as you mentioned there the, the celebration was was brilliant wasn't it I actually met the bloke afterwards in the pub whose sunglasses it was and he didn't really? care at all about his sunglasses but um, yeah what an iconic celebration oh it was amazing I saw t-shirts at the CBS <laughs> people had his face Callum O'Hare's face with the glasses on I mean yeah brilliant all the memes and everything it's uh, yeah, he seemed to enjoy that one, didn't he? It just shows his character, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's, oh, he's a just... he's, he's a great lad, isn't he? And little things like that. You, that's how you make yourself a bit of a club. That you know, there was obviously the wig and the the sound system yeah. thing when we won the league and like things like this. Like, I don't know. There's there's being a good player on the pitch, but there's little things you can do that sort of just that extra bit of character. And it, it, I think it it's great. you to the fans, doesn't it? It, yeah. it? it sort of connects you, and you feel connected with the players and. And that's the other thing to say, you know, I've said it, I mean, season on season with, with Mark Robbins since he came back, the connection between how I feel with the players is like nothing I've ever felt before. You know, I, I felt like I was watching a bunch of 11 players on the pitch, you know, 10 years ago, mm. sort of strolling around. And I just, I didn't feel like they cared. I look at this team and I, I could go through and I, I struggle to find anyone who I sort of go, I'm not sure they actually really care. I mean, you look at O'Hare, I mean, he... He cares. I mean, when he signed that new contract, he's, he said, you know, these quotes of consider me a commentary fan sort of thing, you know, all of that sort of stuff just get, just gives you so much from the support. That's what we love, isn't it? And, you know, you, then you get that extra, that extra sort of buzz uh, on yeah. a Saturday. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, who was your pick for man of the match, Ross? I, I, th- I think Ben Sheaf, I think not, not just for the, the, the brace, but I just think his, his overall game. Um, yeah. Really, really good performance from him. I'd go Ben Sheaf. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. We'll now move on and review the Bournemouth game from Easter Monday. Sky Blues fell to a 3-0 defeat in front of a 25k crowd at the CBS. Um, Ross, it was a very exciting build-up to this game, wasn't it? Obviously, um, we were hearing all over Twitter about ticket sales and people posting pictures of the seating map and there was people queuing outside all around the stadium. So it felt like a a massive game. Um, And yeah, just so much excitement before kickoff, wasn't there? Oh, it was it was brilliant, and it's exactly what we want to see. And I think there'll be a lot more of that um, next season. I really do. And uh, yeah, it was brilliant. It was great to see. You know, the club Twitter in the morning. Block twenty one sold out. Block twenty two sold out. Yeah. I have to say though, I have no idea where these seven and a half thousand empty seats are supposed to have been because <laughs> I, you know, what's the ground? Thirty two and a half thousand. So Bournemouth brought two and a half. In the rest of their stand, you could probably account for three thousand, three and a bit empty seats. But the entire stand where you sit, this was sold out. Yeah. And then I, I've seen pictures of where I sit behind the goal, yeah, yours and that looked packed. Well. So yeah, I, I have no idea. I genuinely, have no idea where they get where they, where the numbers come from. Because I, I obviously, and you went as well. I went Derby, you know, a few weeks ago, and there was empty seats galore. And then somehow they put the attendance up, and there's twenty six thousand there. I'm thinking. Hang on a second. Do you know what I mean, it, may, it doesn't add up to me, honestly. Um, yeah. yeah. But it was unbelievable. It was great. I mean, the, the, I thought the atmosphere, and I've seen stuff on Twitter, 
I thought the atmosphere was fantastic. I mean, round me was absolutely packed. I thought before the game, as the team came out, before you know, even even at one nil, I thought I thought it was a cracking atmosphere. Um, and I see people say, "Oh, you know, give me seventeen thousand over, you know, regulars over the twenty five or whatever." I just think it's rubbish. I think yeah, know, I agree with you, Ross. I think it's, it's rubbish. The reason why <clears throat> it feels like that. It's because we lost 3-0, but it yeah. wasn't just the result. Yeah. The performance was flat. And the same thing was said when we lost, to, uh, not lost, drew to Derby. There was a big crowd, but we didn't perform. And that is the biggest disappointment for me. I, I know yeah, we're going to talk more about it, but I just thought if, if we'd gone, if we'd equalised. You can't make a comparison, can you, Ross? You can't. No, you can't. Like, we're, we're comparing, you know, when we beat Peterborough 3-0 at home, Fulham 4-1 at home, that, you know, they were the lower crowds, but. We we had like, unbelievably good results. We would, United yeah. at home. You can't, you know, you, you can't. You have to do it like for like. I mean, when we played Hull at home I, with a lower crowd, I imagine it wasn't a great atmosphere. No, it wasn't at it's all. Result, it was, it's result driven. You know, it's, it's isn't it? result, but also just performance driven. Like QPR, we lost, but we played yeah. so well, yeah. Yeah. and it was a yeah. great atmosphere. No one can tell me that that yesterday against Bournemouth with that crowd, if we had beat them 4-1 like we did Sheffield United and Fulham, that it, it wouldn't have been a better atmosphere than when we beat those teams yeah, with a lesser crowd. Totally Nobody agree. can tell me. I I thought it was a... It, it looked immense. It sounded immense. The problem you have is, unfortunately, and it's become a bit of a theme ever since when it was the Rico era, when we get these big crowds, when we had like those family days back in League 2, League 1, where you'd get 25,000, unfortunately, we don't seem to perform. Um, but and, but uh, but then again, it, it came up against a really tough Bournemouth well, team, didn't it? I mean, it was it was a game where you know, obviously the excitement built, and then the sort of, the kind of the expectation built a little bit, and then yeah. the nerves kicked in, and then then you're like, right now we actually are playing Bournemouth here, and it's a really hard game against the top top side, and you know if 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 it was a game against a lower opposition where we're expected to win, then I could kind of you know understand it, but. At the end of the day, we were playing Bournemouth. No matter how big the expectation or the excitement got, it was always going to be a really, really hard game. Of course, it was, and uh, but I think in a way, I was I was confident. I th- I thought we were going to get get the win, and the main reason was because it was Bournemouth. Like if we were yeah. playing Hull or a team where we are expecting to win with that crowd and the, the people who have turned up to support the team because they they've got caught up with you know Robbins is sort of call to arms you know after the uh the Birmingham game and they've responded if it if we were playing a team where we expected to win and then suddenly we went one nil down it would have been incredibly incredibly flat because you're thinking oh you know and then the the on, onus is on the players to to get it back but because we're playing Bournemouth who are a team who I thought well they're going to come out sort of thing you know that they've not been playing well of late they're still not got that second spot secured I, I thought actually if we play our game on our day, we've proven we can be we can beat anyone in this league. Yeah. And I thought with the chance that we had just created and opened up for ourselves after the back-to-back wins, I thought mm. I thought we're going to take them today, or or at least we're gonna we're gonna go toe to toe for the whole game. Yeah. Um, it's just and, how and that, the game. It's just how the game goes sometimes, isn't yeah. it? Like you know, I, I actually thought our best part of the game was when we went one nil down. And we had that flurry of chances and corners. And it was like, I remember turning around to the lads and saying, we're battering them here for a good 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it was before their second. And yeah. if we'd have scored in that moment, the roof would have come off the CBS. Oh my goodness. I, I mean, mean, 
you know, talk about atmosphere, it would have been probably the loudest Sky Blue song we've heard for years, I reckon. And it could have been very different, but they got a second and then, you know, and it just it just became a completely different different game, didn't it? Well, exactly. And when you play a team like this, or a team who are going to be in the Premier League next season, it's about moments. And we've said it far too often on this podcast and said it probably everyone, the Scarborough Army have said it probably to each other, etc. This game literally followed an identical script to all the others where we were all over them. Mm. Their foot, uh, you know, we're, we're all over them. Victor, I mean, if Victor had scored that unbelievable shot he had, which was tipped round, yeah. it, like you say, the roof would have come off. Yeah. You know, there's no two ways about it. So it was, you have to, you know, it, it, you sort of sometimes can get away with it against these other teams in the league. And we, we've said it before, we, we go behind far too often. That's, that mm. needs to improve. And, you know, there's there's some great fortune about their second goal. And we'll, we'll talk a bit more detail about it. But it was just one of those, like you say, the game just sort of, it just went away from us. And when we had those key moments where we could have just grabbed hold of it, we didn't. And, and, that, and, that, and ultimately, that's cost us. Yeah, exactly. And I was going to run through the match stats, which you tell, tell a very interesting story that, you know, we had 56.4% possession, 11 shots versus their five, four shots on target versus their three, 459 passes completed versus 359, uh, three inceptions versus their nine, 12 tackles, one versus their 13, 14 duels, one versus their nine. But that shot stat is just kind of, Tells you the story of the game, doesn't it, Ross? Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I, I mean, five shots, says, five shots, three on target, three nil win. I mean, that's clinical, isn't well, it? Well, I mean, the, the, the key thing of that is that it was their first three shots of mm. the entire yeah. game, yeah, uh, went in. Um, you know, and it, it was their first attack of the game, like I say, the, the, it's the same old script. We're by far the better tired, and, and you can literally copy and paste what I'm about to say and, and, and put it for Forest, put it for uh, Luton put it for QPR, all these other games, Middlesbrough away. We literally, with a better team, I'm thinking, these don't look on it, you know. Um, and their first venture, you know, Vic has a great chance. I'm thinking, yeah, we're on it today. And we've started really brightly, as you'd hope, obviously hope and expect. And then their first attack, it just it's just so it's far too easy. And then they score and you'd, out of nothing, their first attack. Yeah. And you sort of just go, here we go again. Um it's frustrating, isn't it? I mean, it was it was a good it was a good header, but it was just the yeah. Who's like you say, it came out of nowhere. It came out Who, of nowhere. Who's man? A lot of what you know, watching it back, I'm thinking he's just he stood between Matson and Bidwell. Who who's taking responsibility? Yeah, yeah. To, you know, it, it's not like we're talking about Peter Crouch here. Mm. Jamal Lowe, you know, he's just yeah. he's just headed it in uh, really poor, and it's just far too easy. Um, it feels like we have to break a neck to score. Do you know what I mean? Like everything has to go perfectly. They they yeah. they play one ball. I mean. You know, and and you sort of thinking, yes, they've got it on the left. They've got it on the left wing. You think, okay, well, we should be able to deal with a simple cross in the box. But no, lo and behold, it's in the back of our net. Yeah. I um, mean, what what typified that for me was if you look at the third goal, the Slanky goal at the opposite end to you at my end, and if you compare that with the O'Hare chance, identical he was put through, yeah, and it's like Slanky was much wider, wasn't he? And I think, or you know, it, it wasn't as as, as clear cut, I'd say, as the the O'Hare one. But Slanky just buries it in the bottom corner, and the O'Hare hits it straight at the keeper. 
it, it, and, and O'Hare team. didn't have any defenders sliding in front of him. You know, yeah. Slanky had high him and that running back. O'Hare literally, all he's got to do is the keeper to beat. Mm. And that makes it one all. And I think we go on and I think we win the game. Yeah, I have that much belief in the team. You know, I think if we equalise there, that they're on the ropes. They were on the ropes. And it was a great move, great pass by Hamer. And, and you, like I say, and, 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 and it happened, you know, because I look up that far end from me and I thought, if Bournemouth get that chance, they score. And lo and behold, they get in a very similar position second half and it's in the back of our net. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that that for me kind of typified it really. Um, that that slanky goal, but you know we can't be too disheartened. You know they've they've got top top strikers and top players across their team, haven't they? And we're you know although we play great football and we were you know we were on top for a spell, we that you know that's what happened in the end. It, they they were much more clinical than us, Ross, and that's what you get with multi million pound strikers. Well, exactly, and you know, everything we're saying in this, anything that's it's not, it's not uh, negative. I'm talking about this isolated game. You know, yeah. this is a game, yeah. a game of football at 46. I don't, matter, I don't care who we're playing in our division. I'm disappointed and deflated when we lose 3-0 at home. I don't know. That's another topic to go into why our home form is just sort of veered yeah. off. Yeah. But I, I'm going to feel deflated with anyone. Then you just translate it to the bigger season. And we have exceeded my expectations by weeks ago of what my hopes were for the season. So the season has been the best season in my lifetime. You know, um, I don't really remember. The, I don't remember the Premier League days. This has been a brilliant season, but this game in isolation, just the way it just fell away. The second goal before half time, huge deflection. Yeah, bit of bad fortune. If we go in half time one 0 it's all to play for. Two 0 I still had hope that we can pull it back. And the third goal is what just kills us. And then that what was really deflating was just that last half an hour. Where we yeah, just didn't, we just we sort of almost accepted our fate, you know. Regardless of the playoff picture, regard forget about that. It was just the game itself was yeah, deflating, agreed. and it's disappointing when we get these big crowds, people who are you know you you could tempt them to sort of maybe buy a season ticket or something. We we just we just that we showed didn't show enough in yeah. the second half. That yeah. was a shame. I agree. The game in isolation is just very. I mean, the time the time of the goals is is just so frustrating. Yeah, it's. I think I think um, Robbins mentioned it in his interview, um, and it, I think Scott Parker mentioned it as well. Actually, you know that, that yeah, that goal just before half time, and like you said, you still think tuna down. Fine, we've become we've done this before. We did it. You know, was it Bristol City? We were two one down with ten men. Yeah, won the game. We've done it before, um, but to because in the fifty fifth minute. It's a, it's a horrible time to concede the third goal in a game, isn't it? Well, they, they often say, don't they, 2-0, the next goal is, is crucial. Yeah. You know, if it's 2-1, the, the momentum's with us. We find that second win. We find that energy. We push on. And as I say, we're, everything we're talking about is literally just about this game of football, you know, in yeah. 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Nothing to do with the playoff picture. I mean, that's that's that, that's that's by the by, really. Do you know what I mean? We just all just look at the table and go, oh, you know, it's just exciting. Who would have thought it 43 games in and we're, we're, we've still got a chance at the playoffs. I mean, no one, no one would have no. told us that was the, the, the expectation at the start of the season, you know. So it was just a disappointing game. Like you say, you, you hit the nail on the head that, that poor goals to concede, unfortunate, you know, bad fortune as well, but just poor time. Uh, yeah. to, poor times to concede, and you know if we take our chances, it's a totally different game. I mean, Scott Parker, I think he he pretty much said it for you know it was backs against the wall for them for first half, you know, and they find themselves two 0 up. I mean, when, when when do we do that? When do we go away from home, play poorly, and somehow yeah. find ourselves winning two yeah. 0 It just doesn't happen, does it? No, no, exactly. Um, we won't dwell on it too too long, but 
Another positive we can take out of it was that Liam Kelly came on in the second half, and I thought he looked he looked pretty lively. Ross actually he looked pretty pretty fit and pretty at it. He um, did. He, he looked better albeit, than when I last saw him. What he said was a pretty sort of dead half an hour of the game, should we say? Yeah. No. It was. Um, yeah. It, I, it was good for him to get some minutes. And like I said, the last time I saw him play was that Mill game, which I, everyone played horrific that game. But I just remember thinking. Wow, do you know what I mean? I thought he had a really poor game, so it was good that he came on and sort of could get that memory from, uh, take that take that memory away from me. But uh, I don't know about you, um, Wardy. I, I was I was sort of surprised with the, with with the subs. You know, we brought on these three old players. You know, yeah, if you like, yeah, agreed. And, and my question to you would be: so we're two 0 down, and 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 he waits until it's three 0 down to bring on to make these changes. Um, and he brings on Waghorn, who, you know, he's had his criticisms and critics. Um, you know, Fads, will he stay? Will he go? He's 35, 36, whatever. And Kelly, you know, he's not young either. And we've got these young players on the bench. Jody Jones, who has featured nowhere near as much as I thought mm. he would. Um, and you've got Tavares. I mean, what are your thoughts on the subs? I mean, we're 3 yeah. nil down. What's... I... <sighs> Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, Kelly, I can kind of understand because he probably yes. wants to get some minutes into him and sort of make a judgment on what to do with him in the summer by giving him those minutes. Um, because if he has a couple of really good games, you probably make a case for him staying on, right? Um, otherwise, are you looking perhaps looking to move Liam Kelly on? Um, with Waghorn coming on, yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, it just makes me think about it. Is it... Does he has he promised Waghorn he play a certain number of games this season, or because he's one of our big signings, or he's on high wages, we feel the need to play him? I don't know, but I completely agree. And you said it a few weeks ago. Tavares has to be given the you know should be given these opportunities now. Um, I think everyone around us was saying it. Just get Tavares on. We've got nothing to lose well, here. Give him twenty minutes to run around and do something good. Because yeah, I'm completely on your side of the fence with that. Um, I mean, when just, it was like Forrest, wasn't it? Forrest away, we're two 0 down, and he brings on Howley, you know, a CDM as a token, just a, a token appearance, really. Um, and I'm there thinking, Robbins doesn't seem to do that. He seems reluctant to like, yeah. you know, play play Tavares, say. And we're three 0 down at home to Bournemouth. You know, the game's gone. We're, we're playing. It's very very flat. For for weeks, Waggon was an unused sub. He literally wasn't even coming on. You know, I think Birmingham was his first like minutes for for weeks um and, and yeah you just you're just crying out for almost or like jody jones you know he's yeah. put kelly on to give him minutes i agree that, yeah, that's what you want to see especially if he is gonna uh be around and, and and you know see out the last year of his contract next year waghorn he's got another year we'll talk about it later i i don't know what what the future holds for him here but jody jones why, why, why can't he come on you know or, or tavares um i mean yeah it was a strange one for me it just sort of felt like and obviously he came on for Hamer, Kelly. And I just yeah. was sort of there staring, going, is this what our midfield is going to be like when Hamer goes? If he goes, so I was sort of just thinking, yeah, you know, it was sort of just a start realisation. Maybe it's because we were the game was flat and it was 3-0. Yeah. But I sort of just was like, wow. Um, you know, we need to obviously do some business in the summer. But yeah, the subs are a funny one. And I just hope, you know, minutes are given to these players in the last three games of the season. You know, forget... Forget the playoffs. If it happens, it happens. You know, it's been a remarkable season. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, the fact, to be honest, the fact we're talking about this shows it's been a good season. The fact that oh. we've got we've got nothing to, well, it's not fully over, but let's, you know, assume we haven't got anything to play for. Um, the fact we're talking about blooding in young players because we've got that luxury rather than, you know, we're fighting to be staying up in the league on the last day kind of thing. 
shows how far we've come, I suppose. It's, uh, you know, it's and, and the overarching thing is that we need the squad depth for next year as well, that we have more options to bring on. Because it's been a theme all season, the subs, hasn't it? It has been. And that that's what's, that's been the missing ingredient. I think that's what stopped us or will ultimately be the thing. We look back and go, you know what, that's what we need to do this summer to improve. If we had a bit more strength and depth, if it wasn't, if Callum O'Hare wasn't the only central attacking midfielder, all season because you know bright was you know a waste of a signing if uh if we had someone else to sort of bring on and and play with o'hare or come on or play instead of o'hare and allow that rotation and, and that goes to central midfield and, and wing backs etc i think i think we'd be in the playoffs because i think on our day we've proven we are better than these teams yeah. above us like they look bang average some of them a lot of the time but they've just got that they've got that consistency and i think that comes with being able to have a bigger squad yeah, i think agreed. i think we, i think we've got a good I think we've got a really, really good, fully fit start eleven. I think which can be anyone on their day. And I think we've got there maybe got we've probably got a good enough thirteen or fourteen. But I think once you get past those next sort of two or three players, we're we're then looking a bit threadbare. And I think yeah. that's what we need to improve on uh, in the summer. But I mean, just think back to a year ago, Wardy. We were like terror. I was terrified looking at like you know Rotherham were playing QPR. You know, we were there like buying our nails or we were scared thinking, <laughs> praying that QPR do get a result or Birmingham beat Rotherham and because we're fighting, fighting relegation. This season, we've had none of that. We, we could, you know, we could definitely be in a position. We're four points off the playoffs. We could be in a position if we get a result against West Brom. I think we could beat Huddersfield at home. We could go into that Stoke game, three points off the playoffs with one game mm. to go. And we go, you know what? If we win the game, anything can happen. Yeah. That is that. Is that it's that's just... A, it's funny. Football's funny, isn't it? Because it's like you can have a season where you fight, you fight for relegation, and you feel great that you survive, and it's all like it's almost a celebration. Like you know, you've seen it. People run on the pitch because yeah. they've survived, and it's like. And then if you miss out on the playoffs, it's like we've missed out on something. We've not achieved something. When actually we've achieved everything below us, and we've survived relegation, or we've just missed out on something that's way beyond our our expectation anyway. But it's a, it's just a funny one, isn't it? It's like that hope that kind of catches you out, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And then the thing is, you know, when we're all football fans, the expectation does does rise. Um, and, you know, you think, oh, you know, what if, you know, it's ifs and buts, you know. Yeah, the, anyone who actually, sort of, you know, no one thought we were going to get the playoffs at the start of the season. Mm. As the season goes on, you're thinking, okay, yeah, we, we can. You know, you wouldn't want to finish bottom half. That would be disappointing in, in relative terms to how the season went. But, you know, it's been remarkable and, and and I've said it you know before. I mean, for me, the game that sort of the most disappointing game of which sort of made me think our realistic chances of the playoffs was potentially gone was that whole game. You know, yeah. we just beat Sheffield United. That was the game. Losing 3-0 to Bournemouth in isolation as a game, yeah. I was really disappointed with the result and the performance second half. But in terms of that, that's not what sort of killed the playoffs. It, it's Agreed. the games like Hull at home and Luton when we're battering them for 38 yeah. minutes. Derby um, away, missing those two chances. Exactly. But like you say, and, and we've all said it, and uh, you know, the vast majority of fans uh, uh, agree. We are, you know, we, if we can finish top 10 this season, top half minimum, we'll go, wow. I would have all took that. I'd have took 15th. Any, any improvement? Yeah. And any, I think, and I think to be honest, when the dust settles, I think everyone will see it as a brilliant season. I think it's just when you caught up in the moment of the games. And like you say, when we start analyzing the Bournemouth game and you get everyone gets quite caught up in it and there's a big crowd there and all these different factors but I think when the dust settles we'll look back at the whole season we'll obviously know where we could have done better in games where but then there's also games where we you know we scraped to get together and won in the last minute yeah. so 
I think when we look at it across the whole season, we'll we'll definitely look across it fondly, I think. And it's been a, a great season, like you said, well, probably the best in some people's lifetimes. Well, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, we're on 62 points. We're one point off the tally, the highest tally we've had since we got relegated, which was mm. 63 when we finished with Mickey Adams, eighth. So yeah. if we can get one more win, we'll surpass that. Who, who would have thought that three, yeah. four seasons ago? And that's where you're into terror. You know, people say about CSU have got us back to where, you know, they found us kind of thing. Well, you could start to make an argument that we're actually, you know, definitely heading in the right direction and we're, we're in a better place than we were, um, which, which is great. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. We are in a better place. I mean, you know, the journey from when they took us over, there's, you know, we, we've spoken about it before. There was a lot of quite rightly sort of, I, I was very, you know, angry and frustrated and, you know, the, the journey sort of down, uh, which could have been avoided, but actually you look back at these five years, it was almost like a reset button. Um, and yeah, the journey and it, you know, it's not been plain sailing, especially off the pitch, but you look where we are now from when they took us over and you think, yeah, we're, the crowds, the atmosphere, un- unbelievable. Um, and, the, and while Mark Robbins is at the helm, players will come and go. The players have come and gone in the past. Bayless has gone and people were, were in hysterics. Think back to last season. Remember, everyone thought, if we don't sign Matty James and Ostergaard, we're, we're going down, mm. you know, but we didn't sign them. And have we missed them this season? I don't think so. No. So players might leave this summer, but we've got to trust, you know, if Mark Robbins can't have the trust of the fans after what he's done, then then there's no hope for anybody. Yeah. I mean, we owe it to him just to, to let him kind of crack on with it and, you know, and improve it once again, yeah. really. Um, which he has. To, I mean, we we've I've said it a few times. We've only improved since that since that JPT final. We've only improved, haven't we? Yeah. There's not a single point. There's not. We've not even had a bad run of games since then, really, have we? Um. So we've just got to trust in it, haven't we? Trust yeah. in the process. And and and, and yeah, we, we've sort of we've we've overachieved. But so if we finished, you know, tenth or eleventh this season, and we. We've got to back the recruitment and they'll, they'll be the usual summer like, oh, you know, Hame has gone, whatever, or whatever, whatever happens. Um, or we didn't sign such and such. You know, that's all part of the, 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 the fun of the summer window, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. we've got to, we've, if we improve again on, uh, you know, on this season, we're a playoff team. Look at Luton. Luton are one season ahead of us because yeah, they, they went yeah. straight back up. Yeah. They're one season ahead of us <clears throat> and look where they are. They're comfortable in the playoffs. Now, the difference next season, I think, will be there will be that expectation mm. next season of, yeah. of we want to get top six. Yeah. And that's going to be a different pressure that than Mark Robbins and the team have had. Because this season, if we everyone's been honest, some people had us to go down. Some people were saying it was going to be another long, hard season. No one, there was no expectation for even top half, really. Um, so it was, you know, we've enjoyed this ride. Next season, there will be an expectation because of what we've done this season. Yeah. So it's how we deal with that. I think the the looting point's a really good one as well. Because I think I've seen people on Twitter in the last few days sort of, you know, saying, well, what are the owners expecting? Are we just going to try and chance it for promotion? Or, you know, how can you get to the, back to the Premier League, you know, without pumping money in? And I think the answer to that is that's what the playoffs are for, isn't it? Like, isn't that exactly what the playoffs are? And that's the beauty of the championships. Why it's the best league in the world is that you can be a Luton and you can finish fifth or sixth or whatever. They're probably going to finish higher than that now. Um, and you can do it. Like you can do it. You only need to have one good season, put a good squad together. You don't know. I mean, how many teams are below us with much bigger budgets? Well, below us and Luton. 
well, exactly. And teams who are losing hundreds of millions, Stoke announced their accounts, hundred and something million loss. And I, I actually joked to me and, me and my friend who I go to the games, we, we joked in pre-season about two teams recruitment. And we sort of joked and called them like, they were making a load of bargain bucket sort of transfers. And those two teams were Huddersfield and Luton. And look at those two, two, two teams. Yeah. They're both in the playoffs. It's smarter recruitment, isn't and, it? And it's smart recruitment. You know, we, you know, you look at say Waghorn, He's not like a bargain bucket signing, no, you know. No, I mean, he's on big wages, and he. But you look at these other teams like Luton and Huddersfield, and you know they were signing all these players, and I thought, I, I wouldn't, I'm not too fussed by any of them, um, and and look where they are. So mm-hmm. I just think, and I see on Twitter all the time, and I see you, you know, Wardy as well, respond to people, and I sort of think, I don't know what people want, but I hear people say, oh, it's time for CC to. They need to back or they need to leave, sort of thing. I'm thinking, well, look at the last five years. Like you say, we've improved every single season. What do they want us to do? Do fans want them to go and and gamble to get to the promised land, overspend with money that we haven't got, and then what? End up like Derby or end up doing what we did before? I don't. I don't get it. I don't. I don't want us to be in any financial jeopardy. I want us to improve year on year, and I think we will because we'll. I think we will have a bigger budget because of this. Of the the fans, you got to remember COVID. We, clubs are still recovering from the pandemic, but the key thing is we've got assets that we will have to sell. That is part of the model. The model is selling Hamer for ten million and then using that money to buy another three or four Hamers. Do you know what I mean for a million yeah. a piece and then selling them again? Look at Brentford. They they sold Ben Rama. They sold Watkins. They'll, they'll sell other players. Um, yeah. That that is the model. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And yeah. On the, you know, there's a, like you say about signing like the Waghorns and stuff. If we, we, we'd never heard of like Hamer when we signed him. Let's be honest. No one had ever heard of Gustavo Hamer, right? And um, how much did he sign for? A million, 1.2, whatever it was. And the challenge now is you've got to go and find someone like him who's worth three or four million, who's the step up or, or another three of him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And it's just, I suppose we're not used to it. It's, it's that next phase in our journey, isn't it? Where, Maybe the nervousness comes around the fact we've never signed someone for three or four million or two million or whatever, but that's what we kind of need to do next. And you know, but it, we but can't... it's doing it right, isn't it? Like, um, look at look at uh, Stoke signed that uh, or Forest uh, Sam Surridge for five million. He ain't a five million pound player. Would mm. would our fans want us to sign someone for a fee just so we can say, oh, we signed someone for five million and then turn out to be absolutely rubbish? Mm. I mean. Yeah. Look at look, Gary Medine went for seven million a couple of years ago. Do you, yeah, do, no, you can get shafted in this league. I look at Yokarez. People were a bit like, oh, we're signing Yokarez for rising up to a million or Ben Shee for 350 grand. Look at those two this season, both been yeah. magnificent and they're yeah. great assets who down the line could be worth millions for up to us. Same with O'Hare. Um, and there's other players that you could put into that bracket. Yeah. So, like you say, it's about going out there and Look at look at someone like a Scott Twine or something. If they don't go up, that you know, a couple of million, he's the sort of player that we could afford to buy if we sold a Hamer to get him and someone else and someone else. And suddenly yeah. our team has got three ad- additional great players added to the squad rather than just having Hamer in the squad, mm. you know. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. A lot of lot of sense being talked here, Ross, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see if people agree or not. Um no, it's, it's all good stuff. Um, let's just talk a little bit about the West Brom game. Um, obviously, yeah. we travel there on Saturday. Um, of course, we fell to the, a 2-1 defeat in the reverse fixture back in December. Seems like ages ago that, that game does, does now. Um, what sort of game are you expecting um, at the Hawthorns, Ross? Well, I mean, yeah, they're another team who, <laughs> let's remember, just got relegated. Parachute payments, and they just got hammered 4-0. 
uh, by Forest. I'm expecting a tough game because we don't have a great record there, do we? I don't. We don't have a great record against West Brom overall. So, but I fancy us to get a result there. I, I do. I think it's going to be a tough game. I think it will be the same old pattern of conference games this season. We will create good chances. It's can we take them? And if we yeah. take them and take the lead in a game, and we haven't taken the lead very often this season, but when we did against Fulham, you suddenly feel, yeah, it's going to be our day today. So yeah. I, I think it comes down to can we take our chances when they come? Yeah, you want to see us fly out of the blocks early and get a goal. And yeah. y- you feel like with the form West Brom are in and, you know, they, they are, they're struggling, aren't they? And they haven't got much threat up front. You just feel like, yeah, if we get that early goal, definitely could be our day. And a thing you mentioned earlier as well, the, the away form has kind of switched with the home form, hasn't it? completely second half of the season and you know there's no reason not to go there full of confidence and play with a bit of freedom well, why do you think that is like oh, it's great that the away form's got better I mean the away form was shocking last year it's great to see that it's in like the top I think I saw it was like seventh or eighth or something in the league why do you think the home form after being so incredible mm. has, has sort of has waned I don't know it's hard to say I mean clearly a lot of teams have strengthened second half of the season haven't they you know Forests and, and and teams have come on a lot. Um, today it's hard to put your finger on, isn't it? Really, I guess the only um, thing I sort of thought about was whether, and we've sort of touched on it, strength and depth. I think we sometimes at home because of the lack of options we've had, we've not been able to change it against teams who sit in, and because we've given teams these sort of you know these gifts, you know sucker punches, we've been dominating mm. the team. Then we give them a one 0 lead, and they're like Luton. They go, yeah, we'll just sit in then, try and break us down. And we've not had enough people on the bench to change it. Whereas I think away from home, the way we've played and we've had that self belief and confidence, we've we, we've we've been able to sort of exploit those spaces as other teams yeah. have attacked us. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, be interesting to see what happens next season. Hopefully, we can keep the away form up because. It was it was a bit worrying early season, but at the same time, need to get that we need to get a fortress CBS back as well in full swing. Um, but yeah, big game on Saturday. Obviously, the playoff picture—it's sort of still on Ross, isn't it? But you know, we're not totally out of it. On the point about playing some of the younger players, are we at that stage yet? Or I'd imagine Robbins will will play a full strength team. You would have thought. Yeah, I think I think so. We need to go and try and win the games. Um, but as I said earlier on, I'd like with our substitutes, you know, let you know, let, let's give a couple of these players not token appearances, but I feel like Tavares is like earned it. He showed in glimpses when he's come on what he can do, um, and we haven't got that many other options. I think it'd be good to see. I mean, it's Jody Jones. You know, if, if he doesn't play another minute, Jody Jones. I mean, it's hard to see mm. him 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 staying. But you know, Kelly. Let's let's can he yeah you know, will he play more minutes probably um, and and there's other players as well who, who could be given an opportunity so it'll be interesting I think obviously we've got a load of injuries I mean you forget about some of them like Clark Salter you know injured yeah. Um, yeah. Gordon I mean the list just goes on and on so it's I don't think we should just sort of you know field a load of young players for the sake of it I think we should play our strongest team and and let's try and let's try and finish the season well and then we can take that into the summer yeah. Yeah, 100% agree there. Um, what's your prediction, Ross, for Saturday? I've got a feeling, I've, I've got a funny feeling about like a 2-2. Um, yeah, I, I, like I feel like we're going to get something and I feel like that we could win. It, it just comes down to those fine margins again. Like, can we, you know, can we, can we defend a bit better? Because that's the only stat that is slightly concerns me is mm. in, we've got three games to go and we've only conceded like five or six goals less than we did in the whole of last season. 
Yeah. Um, so if we were to concede, well, like I say, five or six goals in the last three games, we're, our defense, defensive record will be as bad as last season, which is yeah. a concern. Um, but I'll go for the 2-2. So, yeah, we'll concede some more goals, I think. <laughs> Realistic. Um, yeah, we're running out of time, Ross, but I think one of the final points was, um, obviously, there's the fans forum, isn't there, on Thursday with Dave Body at the Tavern. Um, I know you're going to be going along, which I'm quite jealous of, to be honest. Um, but just wondered what was sort of top of your mind in terms of what you'll be asking him about. I think... Um... Yeah, so obviously anyone listening to this, who it's uh, I think it's seven o'clock on uh, on Thursday at the Sky Blue Tavern. So looking forward to it, and it'll be interesting to to see what people ask, and hopefully I'll be able to ask a couple of questions myself and and, and see what Dave Body says. I um on the top of my mind, I sort of thought about this. There's a, a like a couple of things. Number one would actually be our biggest asset is Mark Robbins, and I, he signed that new contract, but they never put a timescale on it. You know, when mm. in back in League One, my question would be. What's the deal with him? Like, like you know, he as long as Mark Robbins is there, I, I believe. So, you know, he, are we going to secure him? Is it, you know, it's been, we've got to remember, it's almost two or three seasons since he signed yeah. that new deal. So is it time, when's his contract up or is it a rolling thing? I have no idea. Um, so about Mark Robbins, I guess. My, the other one would, of course, be about player sales and, the, and the, the transfer business. And just make, I just want to hear Dave Body just, just understand almost like how much our players are actually worth. You know, we hear so much about other teams' players in the championship of 10 million here or 15 million here. Mm. And then, you know, and whether it's true or not, but we see the Coventry Telegraph say, oh, you know, we've got a 5 million uh, price tag on our three-star players. I'm thinking, hang on a second, 5 million. I mean, that shouldn't buy... I mean, your local papers should be doubling it and adding a zero, well, shouldn't they? Do you know exactly. what I mean? Are they, I don't know why they undersell our players. So my question, I just want... I just listen reassurance that I think we all expect one player to go. Um, and like I say, that is part of the model, but I don't, I'd be fuming. Like if, if Hamer or O'Hare or someone, if we undersold them again to a Norwich, like we're, we're not in league one anymore, where we sell players for two, 3 million. Look how much um, Norwich sold uh, Madison or uh, look how much Brentford sold Ollie Watkins and et cetera, et cetera. M- millions and millions of pounds. So if mm. someone wants Hamer, I want Body just to say we are not. I don't want him to obviously. He's not going to say a figure, but I yeah. just want to come out feeling confident that we're not going to just, you know, just pass them off for cheap. You know, they, yeah. they've got a, if they want if they want to play, they've got to pay to play. Um, and my my sort of my final thing would almost be slightly off that about the training ground because obviously Mark Robbins has alluded to you know work needs to be done at right and i think everyone probably although we don't we don't go there as fans i think that's the one part of the club that is probably just below par at the moment you know we yeah. with the atmosphere cracking the fans cracking you know the stadium you know the, the the manager everything is like the best it's been in 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 decades the training ground just looks dated and, and small and i think you know my question whether you probably wouldn't answer it but like i feel like what the warwick uni plans just look and just scream perfect for a training ground rather than a new stadium when we're literally playing unbelievable and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and got this great atmosphere and got this great thing going on at the CBS. And obviously you post a lot about the Wasps attendances and stuff. I just don't know why we still continue down this mythical line of a new stadium yeah. when a training ground is yeah. what we need. I agree. I'll be, I'll be really interested to hear what he has to say on that point. And I don't know, I've just had this slight feeling for a while now that, there's something in it in terms of a training ground there at Warwick. It's just a feeling I've got. I just feel like 
like you say, the stadium side of things is relatively sorted for now and for the foreseeable future. Everyone's pretty happy there. Feels like home now, doesn't it? I mean, it feels like oh. more our ground than wasps ground when you look around the place. You walk and around and you barely see a wasps thing, yeah, do you? Yeah, it's exactly. Great. So it feels like our it feels like our stadium, even though it's not technically our stadium. Um, and like you say, the, the training ground thing is something that they need to address and they're con- you know they're pursuing this Warwick thing and continuing to pursue it. And Warwick are obviously entertaining it all so I don't know I feel like there's got to be something in it somewhere and we've heard about writing being up for sale and houses and all that kind of stuff so it would make sense wouldn't it it would make sense it makes sense because also you know I mean surely Warwick Uni get more benefit for their like if they could have access to like a training facility or part of it which is you know rather than a stadium do I mean I, I sort of and to me my other thing to a day body would be about the CBS is you know for the money that it's going to cost to build this stadium, you know, we need a training ground, but why can't, you know, obviously you probably, you probably wouldn't answer, but like, could we not get a share of the CBS, you know, because yeah, the same Wasp, price, you know, yeah. and, 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 and try and own 50% of it. Do you know what I mean? And build yeah, it that way. Point, it, Ross. And Cause I mean, got, look, look what got us back, right? What got us back was the fact that Wasps didn't have any money and they just had, they had to get around the table. They just had no yeah. choice, but to, to have us as tenants there. And, you know, if, if everything's to be believed that we read about, they're not in great financial state. There's bonds that have to be paid back, et cetera, et cetera. And who's to say in the near future, they're not back around the table because they've got to raise funds again. And one of those avenues could be a stake in the Rico, in the CBS, sorry. Exactly. And to um, me, it just, it screams that, that, that you know, the, the, the momentum, the, the, the novelty seems to have worn off for wasps and you look at the attendances and everything. And to me, and I remember Joyce Tapala when she did that sort of Sky interview, she, you know, Wasps was sort of topped out and we were in League One and our revenue was the same as Wasps. Mm. And it's like, if we could get to the Premier League, you know, you know, we're in the championship now. If we got to the Premier League, why would we build a new stadium when we can, we could, we should be, and the, the natural sort of progression of both clubs, we should be the landlords. So to me, yeah. we, why we wouldn't look at, you know, with everything the CBS has got, the hotel, casino, everything, blah, blah, blah. Why we wouldn't look to sort of, pursue ownership and a stake in that and why we'd continue to go down this Warwick Uni stadium, which is bound to be inferior. Um, I, yeah. I, that is just bizarre to me. You know, when we need a training ground, that, that's what we need. That's the one thing that almost you just look at our club and you go, cracking stadium, cracking fans, everything, great kit, everything, great squad, honestly, the manager, everything. And you just go, oh, right. And just, you know, you compare us to like clubs like Bristol City, who are like smaller clubs, and they've got this like really fancy training ground. And you just think, ah, it'd just be really nice if we just had a better quality training ground. Then I'd be absolutely buzzing. I think we'd be set. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it attracts players, doesn't it? It definitely attracts players. Yeah. I mean, it was something that I think when we had Leo Ostergaard on the pod, he wasn't massively complimentary towards the training ground. No, having no, come no. From Brighton, which is fair enough. But, you know, it obviously is something that players consider. And then, you know, he's back out on loan and he's gone to Stoke and I don't know. They've probably got a lovely training ground, but it, it does make a difference to these players, doesn't it? Oh, 100%. And I just think, just for the look of the club, you know, I think they'd walk, they'd walk around the stadium and they'd be like, you're great. They'd hear about, you know, the, the fans and the support. And But, you know, the training ground is where they go every day. And and you just, I feel like it, we've just outgrown Wrighton. Mm. I just yeah. feel like we, yeah. we, we need a bigger facility and a better facility. And so I'd rather... If, you know, if Caesar and the club are going to put money into something, I'd much rather them do it in the training ground, you know, and the, the squad, you know, rather than 
a new stadium when we've literally signed a 10-year deal, do you know what I mean, at the CBS. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I agree with you. My, my gut is that surely a training ground makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely interested to hear what Dave Body has to say, Ross, and we'll definitely try and uh, we'll get some feedback out on our page, hopefully, on some of the... Yes, 100%. Some of the key points. Um, but yeah, that's all we've got time for this evening. Yeah, thanks for joining me, Ross. It's been a been a really good, Cheers, good old discussion there. Um, listeners, do make sure you check out our partners, Shortland Horn, across their different social channels. And as always, if you'd like to get involved in the conversation on anything we've discussed, you just need to use the hashtag SkyBluesExtraPodcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.